don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. Well, we had some technical difficulties there. Thank you for Luke from Informed State of Mind for letting us know. For the first, I don't know, there's almost 50 of you that heard this. The show's not any different. I just had to redo the intro. We had technical difficulties. For everybody else in this episode, we're going to take a look at cell phone privacy and Wi-Fi security when you're traveling. I briefly discussed this in the past, but we're going to take a look at it now as I've been asked about what I do when I travel to focus on security, safety, and privacy when using devices. I use multiple devices, a couple of phones. I'm going to discuss how I use them and why, and things you can look at doing to help you with simple things of privacy, security, using your cell phones while traveling in multiple places, multiple cities, whether you're flying, driving, or whatever you're doing. That's what we're going to talk about right here in Grayman, hiding in plain sight. I think a big part of this is understanding going into it, what you're willing to accept as reality. I'm willing to accept a lot. <laughs> There's just things I don't care about or I don't think are that big of a deal. I mean, I mentioned before a little bit about my opinions on things like surveillance and the surveillance programs that exist, you know, and I'm just not concerned about a lot of that. I don't, I do take the position that I don't have anything to hide when it comes to that. I'm not saying you should, and I'm not saying that as a cop out way of saying, allow this stuff to happen or violate your rights. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying I just don't care. I know what the stuff's really used for, so I'm not really concerned about a lot of that. Not right now. The other thing is looking at how far you really want to go with this whole idea of the gray man concept. I've said from the beginning, in fact, a lot in the beginning, if you really were trying to do this like a spy would, you were really trying to live this way, it would be exhausting and tiring, and you would probably need to be single. <laughs> It would take up a lot of your time and it'd be low. I mean, there's things about it that are just too much, too much mental strain and definitely unrealistic for the everyday person. But there's things we can learn about this for privacy and security, which is what we're going to look at today for things like cell phones, which are, they're everywhere now. I mean, I think the closest we've ever come to anything in society being equated to the mark of the beast in the Bible and whatever similar thing in other religions, probably the cell phone. I, I've learned that in the last year, realizing that I, Needed to get one again because of all the things, even government things I couldn't have access to because they wanted to pretend like sending me a four-digit pen on text is security, which is just, it's just a leash is what it is. So ways to look at this when going into privacy before I discuss what I do. One way is the easy way, what most people are doing, a normalcy bias, I don't care, I don't think any of this is real. I think that's a foolish idea because there's, there's clearly people that hack into things things with like NFC readers, people 
leaving Bluetooth Wi-Fi on too much, people getting in there, doing doing whatever they're doing. People don't even realize a lot of stuff they cause themselves. I think that's foolish, so we'll, we'll get rid of that as an option, although that's what most people are doing. Another reason is to pretend like you're in your 80s, <laughs> which isn't entirely fair, but to say that uh, you don't own any of this stuff. You're not, you're not doing it. I'm not doing cell phones. I've got a answering machine using an audio tape because that can't be hacked. You know, I've got an old Zenith wooden frame TV that weighs 900 pounds. That's the size of three large fireplaces. I don't, you know, do any of that stuff. I have an old car with a carburetor, right? But even then, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, are you accepting reality that you're still somewhat under electronical surveillance, electronical, electronic surveillance of some type, you know, whether you use a computer or not. So you don't use a computer, but, you know, you go out, cameras are out there, whatever, but there, you can do that. But that's any more that is also extreme. Actually, it would be, I would consider it extreme. I, I think you can do it just fine. It just depends on the person, but that could be an extreme step for some people. It'd have to get rid of a lot of stuff. Another way to do it, kind of the pro way, is to go the black market route. You know, if we're going to do this year at some point a hiding in plain sight series based on a viewer's question, I got some stuff planned for that. But one of the things is to go the black market route. One of the things a pro would really do is actually maintain electronics in their life. They would just go the black market route and obtaining certain types of products, certain types of phones that are set up a certain way that are black market phones that they know how to secure and, and do that the regular everyday person can't do. And I don't just mean what we might call a clean phone or burner phone. I mean, there's ways this is done that I'm not saying it's illegal, but it's difficult and there's things you need to know about it. It's, it's easy if you know how to do it. It's not easy if you don't. So looking at those options the other thing is just to be i think what we all want to be or act like we want to be is more like what i do i have these products i enjoy them i accept a certain amount of risk and surveillance activity to them i'm aware it exists and i take necessary steps that most people should and don't for privacy and security you know one of the things about how to electronics i mentioned this on a show and i never clarified it was talking about if you remember this, but anyway, the privacy security things are like Apple, what I don't like about them, even though I use their products, is on my computer, it has the little microphone symbol. Those have Apple products know this and it's up there and it comes up when you're going to say record on your computer. And when I plug in the roadcaster, never, never did it before. And then with an update they did a few months ago, it started doing it. So if I shut off the microphone now on my computer, which isn't actually showing that it's recording me, but I'm using my roadcaster, I actually can't do a show. So it's actually, and I looked into it, what it's really doing is recording the audio. Um, it's a form of surveillance. It's basically recording it very similar to what Siri does. And they're, they're, <laughs> they're cataloging the information what I do when I do a show. I mean, eventually they'll figure it out and just shut the symbol off, but it'll still be doing it. So that kind of thing's out there. It's just, it's frustrating and irritating, but whatever. So some things that I do. Uh, number one, I don't use public Wi-Fi except for in certain situations with certain phones because I have at least two phones with me all the time, at least two actual cellular phones. I do use a major phone carrier for my for my main phone. And it's funny, it's my main phone, but it's almost never used. I, I have a computer, of course, and I have a tablet. My computer, my laptop, never ever under any circumstances gets connected to anything public. Just to, I don't do it. That's risky. That's where most of your information is. It's also what I call the base brain or whatever that all my other devices are connected to and there's no situation where that's even turned on uh, in public. i don't turn that thing on in a city i just don't I, there's <laughs> there's things about that that make it secure but lo looking at a cell phone so things to know about your phone number one 
Now, some of these things could have been updated and changed, again, having Apple products, you'd have to find out for yourself, but it used to be that, uh, let's say, because the way an Apple phone works now is you can go into your settings and you can turn on or turn off your data plan to use a satellite for your cell phone data, your Wi-Fi capability, and your Bluetooth, all of which are separate. They also have a drop-down thing on the main screen where you can turn them off, but that's only temporary. So if your phone happens to restart, it's going to come right back on. And if your phone just stays on, then once, I don't know if it's the 24-hour clock or 24 hours of a day, it kicks back on again. What it used to be, though, was even if you turn that off, it didn't really work. So it's probably an unneeded step now, but I don't know that it isn't. So if I was to, say, turn off my Wi-Fi right now on my phone, I would go into settings and turn it off to ensure it's off until I turn it back on, and then I would restart my phone to make sure that it stays restarted in the off position so it's still not ghost-connected, as I call it. I think there's a term for that, to, to any networks. So it's one of the things I do. Like, when I leave this place I'm at right now, and I'm going to go out in public, or let's say I'm going to camping somewhere out in the mountains, and I'm going to go in with my phone, I go into settings, I turn all of those things off. Privacy, the privacy setting for GPS and all that other stuff, and Siri, Siri's off all the time, I don't use it. And then the privacy settings where you can, you know, it can know where you're at to help you do shopping or whatever, I turn that off all the time. I rarely ever turn that on. So those are off. Then I turn off cell, I turn off Wi-Fi, and I turn off data, <laughs> then I shut my phone off, right? So this is how I travel. This is to ensure I'm not constantly connecting or pinging the networks because it's not about, I'm not concerned about the cell towers. What I'm concerned about is other people and the things that they can do at any point in time. And driving through the freeway in the middle of Wyoming and there's hardly anybody out there isn't any more safe than walking through downtown New York City. Yeah, there's more people in New York and probably more people doing bad things, but it's, it's a mistake to think the geography makes us safer. It'll make you complacent. So I do these, these are things I do to ensure I only turn those things on when I want and the phone's not going to accidentally do it. The other thing too is in this situation that I'm describing where I turn all this off, I make sure my battery has a decent enough charge and I don't create the habit of just plugging my phone in to where it's going to power on and turn all this stuff on unless I really want it to because we think that we're told things about how phones ping essentially, how they get registered towers. The thing is, even if you don't have any of these things on, there's ways in which it's still pinging and registering, which isn't a bad thing. Like if you go missing or something, it's a great thing to have, especially for a kid because so many people have phones now. So this is how I started and what I'm doing now. And I'm just focusing on the main phone. So I, at any point I need the phone, I can just turn it on. That That's not a big deal. I mean, I've done that in the middle of nowhere just to see if I have cell signal. It's, it's up to me to do that, but the, the point is, is it's my choice, my option. So I drive into the city, we'll say. So now I'm in the city. So then I need the phone for some reason. Now, one of the things I have in my vehicle is a GPS separate from my phone. I have a Garmin GPS, it's older, only because I haven't bought a new one. That plugs in, and that also is constantly registering everything about my vehicle and what's going on. But I'm aware that it's there. I don't use GPS apps that much. I use my Garmin GPS. I prefer it. It's up on the window. There's security and preference things there. But I know that's all that it's doing. A phone is not just doing one thing. Phones aren't even phones anymore. <laughs> I mean, the phone, we call them apps, but they're software. They're just applications or software. But phones aren't even really phones. They are our do-everything stuff now right? The, the phone feature of a cell phone is really an app that we may choose to use. And most people don't even use that. They're texting. So it's not even really a phone. So I only want my Garmin running. I only want the GPS functionality. I'm not going to pretend like turning other stuff off makes it off because I know that it doesn't. So I'm just using the Garmin. So if I need GPS, 
hey, I'm good to go. So anyway, I drive into the city. I'm going to use the phone. I turn the phone on, right? So I already know my phone's on. I have pinged to some degree. And if you have a more modern or newer phone, it'll show like an SOS function. You know, the SOS function, the function to call 911 has always existed, even if you have a really old phone. If you turn it on, you don't even have cell service, so you can call 911. It's just, they're letting people know that exists more for safety, but it's it's a reminder to you, even without a data plan, even if you don't even existing data plan, you just have the old phone, it is connecting to the world. It's connecting to a network of some type. Next step, I decide I want to make a call, right? So I turn data on. Now I'm pinging again to a lot more places. I'm aware of this. That's just how they work. It's not a big deal. So I'm going to make a phone call. Now my, my options are at this point, what do I do? Do I just shut the whole thing off again? Probably not. Because even though I can do that, I already know what I'm doing for the day and how long I'm going to be in town and odds are I'm probably going to need the phone again. So what do I do? I just leave it on until I'm getting ready to leave town. When I'm getting ready to leave town, one thing I do is I don't... I pay a lot of attention to where I go and which way I'm going into town. But let's say I'm coming into town. We'll just say to make it easy. I'm coming in from the west, and I'm going to be leaving through the west because I'm going back to where I'm camping. Okay, I don't wait till I get on the far west side of town. Whatever my last thing is, or my mostly last thing is, you know, and I'll put in my GPS on the dashboard. Hey, I'm going to head back to the campground so that I can follow the GPS, and maybe I'll stop somewhere on the way. Then I'll go through the reverse process again and shut everything off wherever I'm at in town. The point is, I only turn it on at the place I'm going to use it. And I turn it off there as well. This is an extra step of security to minimize. I mean, it, it does cut back the companies and, and towers ability to minimize where I'm at, and especially because I go so far as to shut and I do the reverse process. So I shut off Wi-Fi. I probably haven't used Bluetooth. If I did, I shut it off. Um, Wi-Fi probably was never on in the first place. I try not to ever use it on that phone publicly. And then I shut off my data plan. Then I shut the phone off. Then I turn the phone back on to make sure those are all still off. And then I, I shut the phone off again, typically. Sometimes I never turn back on just to see. And then it's off. So then what do I do? So then I'm like, good. So then I can I can leave. It's an extra step, but it, it minimizes how often all that stuff's available to any network for people to, to you know, hack in or do whatever they want to do. It also minimizes trackings of my movements. You know, there's things that can be done about that. You know, if something happened and I went lost in the woods, I mean, my GPS, people would look at, investigators would look at that. If my phone was found, they would, they would look at that. They could figure it out. You know, odds of all that happening are pretty minimal, but it can be figured out, but it cuts back exposure that I have. So think of it like exposure to the elements and weather, whether you want to call it layers or not. Don't think of about winter or it could be winter, summer, whatever. Exposure is a killer exposure to the environments. You know, it's part of the, the, the plan, the process, three minutes of air, you know, what is it? On average, you can go about three minutes without air or you die. You can go about three days without water and then you probably die. Three weeks without food, you probably die. That kind of thing. But also in there is three hours of exposure without shelter and you probably die. And some people think, well, I go outside all the time without more interrupt. You do, but it's in extreme environments. Part of the reason why, if you ever watch any bush crashing survival thing, the biggest thing they, they focus on is shelter. Because even if you think you know what the weather is going to do, if you're not out there all the time, you don't know entirely what it's going to do and exposure can't kill you. So I think of it that way is, I want to minimize my exposure to the elements. So with my phone, I want to minimize my exposure to the world in order to protect the phone, protect me and protect my information. Cause I'm not an idiot. I mean, <laughs> there's stuff on there, man, you know, and think about it. Is your phone, your new wallet? Cause there's digital wallets. Do you have a shit ton of debit card and credit card information? Cause that can be stolen. Don't let those companies fool you. You know, 
How about all these famous people and their nude photos they're sending their boyfriends and girlfriends or whatever and all that stuff got out there, but they don't talk about the other information they could have got, but what, what can they get from you? They get photos. Yeah, those are embarrassing. But what about your financial life? What about your emails? You know, what about, what if it's a work phone and all this other stuff that could be compromised? So part of the reason why I do that. So this is my main phone and that's pretty much how I function. You know, that's my thing. And I'm totally aware of the fact that when I use Starlink, middle of nowhere or wherever, and I connect my phone to it, yep, Starlink can track where I am, but I'm okay with that. I've decided I'm okay with that. And that's where one of the features of phone come in that I enjoy is Wi-Fi calling. I'm a big supporter of Wi-Fi calling because if you're going to use Wi-Fi, you can minimize your exposure through your data plan. And it's it's really great like when I'm out in the mountains because I'll use Starlink where I don't have data. There's no point in turning the data on. Yeah, my phone's going to ping something probably eventually, but probably nothing. But I can use the Wi-Fi and that's how I make phone calls. So like I'm out there. Right. So when I would talk to like Luke or David or whoever, and I'm using whatever program or using my phone, it's because I have Starlink and I'm using, you know, Facebook Messenger or I'm using Wi Fi calling, whatever. You know, that's how, like, my mom, I talked to my mom on Wi Fi calling. We use FaceTime Messenger. So I'm aware of the security features of all that, but that's the advantage I have. And I just, that's what I deal with with the main phone. Now, I mentioned public Wi Fi. I don't endorse using it most people don't travel with more than one phone so let's say you have one phone biggest piece of advice i have for you for security is this you're in a town now if you live in a city and you pretty much never leave that city within more than five miles probably doesn't matter but for most people we have a little bit of movement and travel so here's my piece of advice to you the best thing you can do with your phone because you probably only have the one phone don't ever turn your Wi-Fi on in the same town, you're going to use your data plan. And if you're going to use your Wi-Fi there, don't use your data plan. Keep those two things separate. You do not want them connected. It's That is a serious security thing for somebody who knows what they're doing. That if I try to explain it, because I'm not an expert on that, it's going to get muddy and ugly, and it's going to look like I don't know what I'm talking about because I don't when it comes to the description of it, but I know that it's important. There are hackers out there. There are ethical hackers out there. There are people that understand that world that do things and help law enforcement that are going to have websites and stuff of which I have not looked any up for the show because I didn't even think I'd mention this. But you don't want to use Wi-Fi and cellular data in the same location. That's why I say about five miles because to a certain extent, it's probably more than that really. Depending on where the cell towers are, because this is the thing, you can get apps that show you the cell towers. It's not going to show you all of them, but it'll show you most of the public towers. Like if there's military towers, government cell phone towers you don't have access to, they're probably not on there. But find out where those towers are and where they can reach. And yes, they do to some degree talk to each other. It depends on who the, owns the towers. So you can make a better plan if you can figure out who owns the towers, but that can be difficult. But you could be in a place where towers are quite a ways apart and you know that you lose cell signal for a while. So if you're anywhere near that tower, and you're going to use it, just don't use Wi-Fi with anywhere near it. You know, wait till you're somewhere else. So when I use public Wi-Fi, though, I have a backup phone. Every time I get, at a minimum, every time I get a new phone, I keep my old phone. And it's probably, I have two or three old phones, so it may not be the last old one because it depends on what was done with it. But let's look at the possibility of what you might choose to do because you probably only have a phone and then you're going to get a new phone. So one of the things we can do with our old phone is, of course, we can trade them in and get a credit, right? So depending on old phone that is, let's think about this for a second. How much credit are you really getting when you're trading that phone in and do you need it? If you need it, fine. But if you're like, 
it sounds good to get $200, but honestly, I think the phone's worth more of that. And I don't care about the $200. Then don't trade it in. Keep the phone. But there's a process of trading in a phone about how you go through and basically reset the phone. You dis- Like with an iPhone, you go in, you disconnect it from Apple, you know, you delete all that stuff. You basically reset the phone to original parameters. But before you do that, you make sure it's not connected to the Apple store and all this other stuff. You want to find out all those steps you go through. So whether you have an Android phone, an Apple phone, or something else, find out what are all the things I do to prepare this for trade-in or for private party sale to protect myself. And you want to go through all those steps, right? Even though you're keeping the phone. Then you have a brand new phone. Now, if you turn around and just reconnect to the same thing, that doesn't help you. So here's what I do. I take said phone and I start it back up and I may choose to connect it to my stuff. But instead, what I do is I go through with an Apple phone. I set up like it's a brand new phone. I'll set up a new account. Just enough to get to the point to where I can use the phone. And then all I need to be, I don't even need to be able to use apps. There's a little more. If you want to use apps, you can fully set up a new account, whatever. But I just need to be able to get to the point of using the phone. So now I have the phone I can use in emergency situations. But then I can also access the internet. And so if I need to use public Wi-Fi, this phone's like the opposite of the other. I almost never turn on the cellular data plan unless I need to make a 911 call. But I will use Wi-Fi. So that's the phone I'll use if I'm going to use public Wi-Fi. However, comma. Guess what I don't do, though, even those two separate devices. I don't sit in a parking lot you know, Home Depot or go inside a bookstore and use their Wi-Fi while carrying my phone on me, my real phone that has the data turned on. I don't keep them near each other, right? So I don't even, I don't even use those within several miles of each other, but it is available so that if I get to a place and let's say I have my phone and I turn my phone on my main phone because I want to use data and I don't, I don't have data. All right. So I go through the process to shut the whole phone down, but I, I realize that there's public Wi-Fi because without your Wi-Fi on, I don't have to turn my Wi-Fi on. I can guess there's Wi-Fi. Then I can use the other phone to do that. But for me, what I'll do is I'll just set up my Starlink wherever I'm at and I'll go that route. But you don't have that. So the option here is it gives you the, the way to use these phones. So what you can do is this. This is the way to, I know this might sound confusing. But here's how you do this. You're traveling like me, right? So one of the places I go through a lot is Boise. So you're going to go to Boise. A place like that where I've been several times, I'm aware that there's good cell coverage. I'm aware of a lot of public places that tend to have public Wi-Fi, like bookstores, Starbucks and a lot of coffee shops will have them. Public libraries will always have them. Home Depot and Lowe's will have them. There's probably a few others that you know. You can also look this up wherever you're at beforehand, what kind of places have Wi-Fi or even there so that you're aware of it. And I'm already aware that those cell towers are there. Okay, so... I drive into town, I got my two phones. I got a Wi-Fi phone and I got a cell phone, a cellular data phone, and I get into town. I now have a choice of which phone I wanna use. It's just that's the phone I'm gonna stick with. It depends on what I'm doing. So if I'm driving through Boise, where my entire purpose is just to drive through there, I'm gonna stop at like my favorite Thai restaurant or something and eat. I'm gonna take the dog through, you know, Cabela's or Harbor Freight Store or whatever and walk her around, you know, maybe see a friend of mine that lives there. And then, you know, I'm only going to be in town for a few hours and I'm going to run by Lowe's and pick up, I don't know, something. The only phone I'll even potentially use will be my Wi-Fi. And then while I'm at Lowe's, I can, you know, turn it on, do whatever. The other option is I never turn it on. And then if I do need a phone for any other further purpose beyond that, then I use 
my cellular phone, which probably is only going to be if I need to make a phone call, right? Now, part of this too also dictates how long you're leaving these phones on when you travel, because a lot of us are going to leave phones on. So you can research your routes and travel to find out how much cell signal there is. So if you're driving through the middle of Nebraska, Wyoming, or any other state, the likelihood that there's even cell signal there and whether or not that matters to you. So because I have a pretty good idea of some of the places I go, I'll, I'll travel long distance without my phone on because I just don't care. Right? There's nothing that important for me. There's other times where I will leave it on. And then when I get to my destination, I already know probably if I need to use it and then I'll shut it off. So I'll do things like this. Other steps you can take, right? This might be getting too elaborate, but other th- steps you can take. So you drive 300 miles through the middle of nowhere and you got your cell phone on there, hit and miss data signals for whatever reason in case you need your phone. You're coming up on a city, we'll say Boise again, you know, and I'm 100 miles from Boise. Even though I've traveled there many times and I understand if somebody really wants to figure out where I am, they can do it. But this is more about security of exposure to the world than it is about privacy of tracking my movements because things are going to track your movements. I accept that reality. So I'm about 100 miles from there, wherever. And I stop at a rest stop, gas station, and whatever I'm doing. That's where I shut my phone off. And then I drive that next 100 miles, 50 miles, whatever, with nothing. So that when I get in town, I can either choose to turn that phone on or I can choose to turn my Wi-Fi phone on. And that's how I do it. My computer never gets turned on like that. If I, if I do turn it on uh, in a city, it's because I'm visiting somebody and I need it. The only place my... F- computers typically turned on when I travel is in my trailer in the middle of nowhere. Although there's times I've done it uh, where I stay at like an RV park, you know, like if I'm in Arizona, sometimes I'll stay at the air force base in Tucson, fairly cheap, full coverage, but I never connect to their public Wi-Fi because it's slow. It sucks. And I don't trust anybody, even though it's a military base. I use, I use Starlink. And then my tablet, I treat my tablet like my computer. As far as using it, I almost never have a need to use it publicly. And if I did, what I would do with the tablet is I would connect it through the hotspot data plan of the cell phone. So I would know, again, I've done this. So before I had Starlink, adding into everything I just said, what I would do is this. I would be like, all right, I'm going to Boise, we'll say, and I'm going to go out to the Boise National Forest for two weeks, three weeks, do some fishing. I'm going to hang out there. I have pretty much everything I need. I've bought almost everything I need today, food, everything. I'm not going to need to come back to town. So I would go to a Lowe's or Home Depot that leaves their internet all night. I would hotspot my phone and I would use my Wi-Fi phone. And I would already know, because if it was Boise, I know which places to use my Wi-Fi phone because their Wi-Fi is strong enough. And then, but I would just use my iPad because I would treat my iPad like a Wi-Fi phone. And I would download like movies and stuff. But what I found is certain cities that Wi-Fi didn't matter. My data plan was much stronger. So if the data plan was stronger, but basically faster, I guess you say faster speeds, I would never use the public Wi-Fi. I'd still go to like a Home Depot because I could just sleep there. But I would sit there for several hours basically and hotspot my phone and my iPad and I would download, you know, I'd go to Disney or Netflix or whatever, YouTube and download stuff to watch, to learn or to have enjoyment or fun before I had Starlink in case I wanted to watch something. And I would find like TV shows and stuff. So like one of my older pictures is from Darby, Montana at a campground out there. And in the campground, I'm looking at my iPad at this beautiful view next to the fire. It's because I was watching, I don't know, I was watching Star Wars or something. But I would do that, but I don't do that anymore. 
if I needed to do that, or I knew I was going to go camping somewhere, I thought I had li- limited Starlink availability. I'd still use Starlink. I would just use it at a rest stop. Anyways, getting too much in the weeds. The point is this. I would look at a few things. I would look at keeping the old phone around, resetting it back to factory conditions without connection to any of your accounts as though you're going to trade it in, but keep it and go through the process of setting it up only to the minimum part you need to be able to use Wi-Fi. If you want to go a little farther to have apps, I would use a separate, completely separate account through the company. Um, I mean, like with Apple, you know, I'm not talking like Verizon or something or your Android or whatever you have to do there so that you have it. If you think there's an app that you need, because you might want it as a backup phone, like say you go hiking a lot, you want a couple apps on there to message people and use a compass, whatever it is your purpose is and have that phone and keep it as a Wi-Fi primarily, Wi-Fi GPS type phone for whatever aspect. Your main phone is primarily going to be a cell phone, data plan phone. You have Wi-Fi capability, but we're not going to use that in public. I would at least get to that point. Until you're at that point, I always suggest don't use data anywhere where you're going to use public Wi-Fi. Just keep those two ideas separate, completely separate places, unless it's unavoidable because of your travel habits and where you live. If your travel habits and where you live make no sense of that, then you need to get that second phone. Okay. Number two, if you have a laptop or computer or anything that has a large hard drive that has the majority of your life on it, never connect it to public Wi-Fi. If that is, in fact, your phone and not your laptop, do not ever connect it to public Wi-Fi ever. That's what happens to all these famous people. Not every time, but the majority of the time, it's always because they're connected to public Wi-Fi. They're also famous, so they're targeted. So they find some famous actress or singer, and she's attractive. Of course, somebody's going to target her because they want to find out if she got dirty photos they can sell on the Internet because everybody wants to see them. Okay. Maybe you're not that person, but still, you can be a target of anybody. So I'd follow those steps for sure. If you have a tablet, most people use a tablet as a backup, not as their primary. If it's a primary that has your whole world on it, obviously never public Wi-Fi. But if it's like most everybody else like me, I would choose, I would I would treat it as a follow-on advice, follow-on device, not a separate device. Meaning this, I want to use my iPad. Okay. In this situation, which phone would you use? Would you use your data phone? Would you use your Wi-Fi phone? Okay, if you would use your Wi-Fi phone, then Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi your iPad in as long as it's not a primary where it has anything compromising on there. Okay, if it's a situation where you're going to use your data, you're going to hotspot it in. That's, that's just the way I would do it. Next thing we're going to look at too, the last thing we're going to talk about is VPNs. I've talked about them in the past. There's things like NordVPN is very well recognized as a leader in VPNs. It's not the only one. Proton has their own. There's a ton of them out there. Some are free. They're definitely worth paying for. Virtual private networks are a wonderful thing. Part of what it does, that the part of the security of what it does is uh, send your signal as though it's going, going through another place. Okay. You can look up about VPNs and read more about them. A few things you want to know about the VPNs though. You want to know the, more about the company. Like where are their servers at? And when they, you know, because how they control and maintain their own servers and their own networks says a lot about how they're set up their virtual private networks when you're running through them. Okay, that that's something to look at. Number two, anything you can find publicly about them or their company where anything's ever been compromised because just like, just because somebody has a VPN doesn't mean it's great, right? There's a thousand ways to play Tetris on an app store but some of those games suck. Some of them sell your information. Some are owned by foreign countries we don't want to have any connection to. So you want to know who owns these VPNs. And when you get to that point, you want to look at their pricing structures to make sure you can afford it and it's one you want to use. And, and there are some still out there that have some free aspects to them, but once you pay, it's faster. You get to pick the places you want to be. VPNs can also do things like 
get you access to things in other countries. I think Luke was using one for a while because Netflix Canada didn't have access to things in Netflix America. And so he would use a VPN or something like that. We had a conversation a couple years ago. I don't remember exactly, but part of that VPN will help you. There's a real pro that knows what they're doing. It's it's probably not going to matter, but that can help you protect a little bit about where your signal's coming through so that on the receiving end, whoever you're communicating with the electronic thing you're communicating with, sees your signal is coming through. It doesn't have to be coming through Canada when you're in the United States, but it could be coming through Iowa when you're in New Mexico just to help kind of hide and protect your signal a little bit. And those systems usually have no idea that that's where you are. Now, if you're, it's kind of pointless. If you're going to your Amazon account that has your shipping address to New Mexico, but connecting to a VPN through Iowa and you make an order and ship it to your place in New Mexico, by itself, if that's all you're doing, that's dumb, but you're probably doing other things as well. But the VPN can help. So I have VPNs. I have more than one. I have one I pay for, and I have those connected uh, to the devices that access data as well as Wi-Fi so that I can choose to change that. And the thing about the VPNs is you can go into them and, and make multiple changes. So you could change it every few minutes if you wanted to. So I'll go in depending on what I'm doing. And I might change it every, if I'm doing something for several hours, I might change it every few hours. If I'm, you know, going to do something for 20 minutes, I completely shut everything off and then turn it back on later. Like I should make sure the app and everything's shut back down. And then I come back into the system. Even then your app is still accessing that system directly locally. There's still a way into your device, but it is another way to mask who you are, where you're coming from that helps minimize these types of things. You can look more into VPNs on the internet. Anyway, that's some basic security stuff you can do every day. The biggest threat out there is public Wi-Fi. That is your biggest threat. A lot. I guarantee you this, if you really think about it, and sometimes this can take a while. Like you get a new phone, you know, you don't get too many crazy phone calls or nothing. The more public Wi-Fi you connect to, the more problems you're going to run into. So check this out. Let's say you're going to get a new phone. It could be the same phone number, same phone company. Let's say you're getting, your, getting this brand new phone. Here's what I would do. You want to do a fun experiment? Go get a new phone number. Let's say you're going to maintain two phones. Like I said, and you're going to keep one on your phone system as a backup phone number. That's a good thing to have. Okay, so you have a phone number you've been using for three or four years. Keep that phone number. Just make that your backup phone. Go get a brand new phone with a brand new phone number. Only put the important things on there, right? However you want to do it. If all your friends and family use your own phone and you're willing to leave both phones on all the time, then just put business stuff on the first phone, however you want to do it. But anyway, on your new phone, never, ever under any circumstance connected to public Wi-Fi. Just don't only use your data plan. You will see months and months and months go by where your old phone, if it's still connected to cell network, you'll still get those junk bullshit calls, especially now that the politician things happening with the elections and your new phone, you won't, you know, go to the do not call or whatever the phone register thing online to make sure they don't put your phone number, your new phone number in there, make sure you don't get these spam calls, but you'll notice the new phone isn't getting as much. You could completely switch to the new phone. And one of the things that'll happen is when we talk about the spam junk mail stuff, that's self-imposed. A lot of it's because we use public Wi-Fi. We don't realize people are getting those signals or activities in order to spam us with bullshit in the mail. That's part of how it happens. You can go in there, right? So you're still getting spam and junk mail and you just start spam and foldering it, junk mail, foldering it, whatever. And then after a while, what do we find out? Because we got this new number, but the way we're treating it, you'll start getting less junk mail too. So it's very effective. 
So public Wi-Fi is double. Okay, think about your exposure, right? Three hours of exposure and the environment for survival. So we want to minimize our exposure. In the digital world, when it's only necessary, and the more you control that, the safer you're going to be and the less chance you're going to have of anybody hacking your stuff. As far as the surveillance thing goes, it's there. So either get rid of all your stuff or just be smarter about how you use it.